1: Victor Christian Fellowship in Palmyra. Hallelujah. God is doing something great here. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this morning. We thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Lord, you, you are a friend. You're six closer than a brother. And we just give you honor and praise and glory this morning. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's, let's rejoice and worship together. we we'll bring power
2: ascend. I yeah.
3: something this morning. Lord, we thank you for how you love us. We thank you for who you are to us. You're not just God Almighty, but you are Father, you are friend, and you love us so much. We worship you in this house. Come on. I was lost. I was in shame world had a hold on
2: me. My heart was a stone, I was covered in shame when He came for
1: Tell him how much you love him.
2: Show him how much you love him. Oh, Lord, we love you.
1: There is none like you, Lord. We can trust you. You're reliable. You're dependable. You're faithful. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our strength. be glorified, be honored,
2: be exalted. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you. There's none like you, Lord. You are the one true God. We bless your holy name, the greatest name, the name above all names. You're the Savior, the King, the Healer, the Deliverer, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God.
1: Thank you, Lord Jesus. What a joy it is, Lord, to be in your house. As you walk in our midst to do great and mighty things, we open up our hearts, and we believe that we receive from you, Lord. So you're so good. And we thank you, Lord. That you speak to us.
2: She tokia shanea ta tekia, O ne shanea coho, Yehe, Yaka shanea cote, Shehe, O na ha, Kia shatiakia,
0: O ne he, Kia shone, Kiokoho.
1: I brought you in to a new way of living. By my blood. It's a higher way of living. And with this new way of living, I give you a new and fresh anointing. A touch from my hand. A move from my spirit. An infilling from my goodness. I bless you today, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. What an awesome praise team that we have. And what an what a awesome group of people make up the VCF family. Amen. We're glad that you're here this morning. You are important to us and to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to love Jesus by speaking his word this morning. We invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith based on some benefits of righteousness. The righteousness of God comes to us as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Righteousness is a gift the Lord has given to those who trust in him. as As Savior, Savior, and confess Him as as Lord.
2: God God made Christ,
1: who never sinned, to be an offering offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Through Christ. Christ. Through righteousness, righteousness, we are acceptable acceptable to God, God, and we we are given a new nature that that is clean and holy. Righteousness transforms us in Christ. God God is is able able to rescue us, His righteous people from things that overwhelm the wicked. We expect God's blessing to rest on us, and we believe our righteousness will release strength and favor to our city. As we pursue righteousness, we shall experience abundant life. As we walk in righteousness, we shall possess a lasting reward. We shall be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness, That are found in Jesus, the anointed one,
3: bringing great praise and glory to God. At Victory, our vision is to reach out
1: beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Christian Fellowship, we we are inheriting God's God's
3: promises and experiencing their their benefits. benefits. Amen. Amen. Before we do uh, announcements, how many of you saw Pastor Doug and I did a live video? Okay. Uh, If you go to our uh, Victory Christian Fellowship Facebook page, you'll see it there under videos. So uh, we did a live video on Friday about the grace, class that Pastor Doug is teaching about grace. So if you would go find it and uh, share it so that anyone in your friends list can learn about grace. (laughs) And it is a zoom class. So people can tune in from anywhere and, um, they will be able to, it's a five week course on a Thursday night, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you, I just wanted to make sure that you guys were able to see that video because we talk about it in there. And we're funny together. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys to see us together on a spur of the moment Friday afternoon here at the church <laughs> together. All right, who's doing that?
4: Good morning. I enjoy seeing each of you here on Sundays and Wednesdays and the, all the days in between. And that's what I have announcements about. I saw that video. You want to check it out. I love the way the interaction on the spur of the moment happens. It's lots of fun and informative. So you can find that and then sign up for the class yourself. I know I have. And I've encouraged our youth to all sign up because when we learn together and grow together, we're on fire together, and we bear fruit together, and it's just is a multiplication process. So do that for yourself. Share it with people at your workplace, in your community, in your family, and grow together. It will just expand. All right. That's as far as my math language goes, Melissa. It will expand. <laughs> All right. So that starts, that grace class starts next thursday february 8th and it's five thursdays in a row so it's february 8th through march 7th so let's knock it out of the park five weeks in a row and let's learn from our own pastor who travels around the world teaching this in bible colleges we're going to be his students this time how awesome is that Woo! that's awesome Okay, so if you're not available during the live times, which is sometime in the evening, you can watch it later. But you have to register because that gives you the link to be part of the private um, Facebook group. And that's where those recorded videos will be posted so you can access them at any time at your convenience. All right. That's covered, right? Did I remember all the details on that? Ah, let's pause and smile. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to pause and smile. All right, so I have a stack of announcements here, and I am so excited that a lot of them are from our youth. Our youth are multiplying and reaching out into our community. Did anyone see us at Palmyra Square on Saturday yesterday? Oh, Miss Chris saw us. Yay! <laughs> Did you honk your horn? All right. There's horns honking all over the place. Thumbs up. People waving. Putting their windows down. Smiles. If nothing else, we bring a smile to Pomara. All right. And we're there. We're praying while we're standing there and waving to people. And some people, if they're at the red light, they'll talk to us. So, and we do get some foot traffic we just got to reel them in a little bit. They kind of go to the other side of the street. So maybe we'll post ourselves on all four corners. That is a good idea. (laughs) So the Palmyra Square, you can meet us at the Palmyra Square on the 2nd and the 4th, Saturdays of the month at 11 a.m. And now we're there for 40 minutes. In the summertime, we stay a little longer. But yesterday, we had wonderful weather. Yes. That's was better than the last two times that were sub 0 <laughs> We lasted maybe 10 minutes, but we went, and we had presents there, and the signature worship team is singing. We have them on the boom box, so we have our signature worship going out into the square. It's a wonderful time. You just have to show up between those times on the second and fourth Saturday of the month, and you will find us. We're noticeable. That's the whole point. We're noticeable. We hold signs that say Jesus loves you, your future looks bright, God answers prayer, things like that, okay? So we're blessing our community in that way. It's a great way for those that might not want to be vocal, just hold a sign and wave. (laughs) All right, so that's on the second and fourth Saturdays at the Palmyra Square, and then let's see. Tuesdays, we have this generation. I don't have all the notes here, but I'm, I'm, I'm remembering. You remember with me. If I forget something, just shout it out. This generation is our middle school outreach to Palmyra happening on Tuesdays from 125 to 225. If you want to participate as a volunteer, let me know and I'll hook you up. We have several middle schoolers, 8th, 7th, and 6th grade here at our middle school that come. And Pastor Doug gives them a lesson from the Bible, and then we have a either a team building or individual building um, activity. They get to eat they love to eat, some of them drink a whole pitcher of water i won't mention names, but he 's in the room <laughs> and <laughs> anyways it 's a great time that they get to just unhook from homework and classes and just learn about God's word and experience his love in the middle of the day I think it's awesome and then Tuesday nights that's when new generation Air Force that's our youth group ages 12 plus we meet here every Tuesday Miss Dottie prepares us a fantastic meal some of the youth come early this uh, year we started if they want help with their homework or they just need to get their homework done, and we motivate them. So that's an option for for them to bring their homework along with them. And then um, we have a message, and we have worship from our very own Heartfelt Fire Worship Band. We flow with Holy Spirit. We speak the Word of God. We are training our youth how to know who they are in Christ and how to live their life on fire for Jesus in their classrooms, in their homes. And so it's an awesome time. If you know any youth, you want to bring them out, that would be great. And then Wednesday night, refreshing happens at 630 every week. Come and be refreshed. And then let's see. Oops, I forgot a couple things. Go back to the youth group. We are starting a new thing on the the first and third Saturdays called Covenant Fishing Company. That came from a message Pastor Doug preached a couple months ago. And Jesus said, which we talked about this at Bible Adventure, which happens on Thursdays, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fish for people. So we talked about what does it mean to fish for people. That's what we're going to do at Covenant Fishing Company We are meeting on the first and third Saturdays right here at VCF at 2.40. I picked that number because it's the year 24, and I'm hooking things to 24. So 2.40, we'll train together, we'll pray, and then we're going to go out into the community, ask people, do you know God has a plan for your life? Have you ever asked Jesus to come live in your heart? We have scripts. You can just read them. And then you can invite them with us. We'll go as a group to Victor Christian Fellowship. How cool is that? Okay, so the first meeting is this Saturday. I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, this Saturday's February. I'm not letting another Saturday slip by. So I have information back there on the um, information table. And so the youth and myself, we're, we're leading that initiative, but we want you to join us. This is a family initiative. We're going out into our community, telling people how much God loves them, what God has done for us, how awesome our God is, just like we sang today, and how much we love him and how much he loves us. It's very simple, but we just got to go get our feet out there on the street. So I would love you to, for you to join us. Okay, the youth are having a winning winter wonderland event. It's our winter event. We've never had a winter event, but this year we're having a winter event. It's for ages 12 through 17. Come here. We're going to have fun, games, music, food, lots of food, lots of laughter, lots of games. If there's snow outside, we'll have winter games, snow events outside, you do need to register. It's free. But the reason you have to register as a youth is that we get your parents' permission. <laughs> so that's what the registration's about. Check that out for March 2nd. Now I remember. Nope, I didn't. The youth also have created a quarterly newsletter. It's this little brochure. You'll find it back there. You'll also find it online. We have a, it online. What do they call it? Uh, e something. It's digital. Is that the right word? It's digital. (laughs) It's on our Facebook page. And, um, yeah, so you can find that out. It'll let you know what we're doing. There's testimonies in there. It's also what are we planning ahead for. So you'll find out about that information and how you can participate with us. Aren't our youth awesome? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so that's youth. Then I did Wednesday. Thursday is Bible Adventure. If you want to invest in the lives of children and lay up treasures in heaven, come and be here with these kids. If you need a boost of excitement or if you need a smile on your face, come to Bible Adventure. We have, how old are you? Um, oh, gee, your name's Isabel. Isabel's four, she's our youngest volunteer. She is here. She's our doorkeeper. She opens the door for the bus. She high-fives the kids and says, welcome to Bible Adventure. She participates with the singing and the dancing and learns the word of God. So she's our youngest volunteer. And we go all the way up. I don't know who our oldest volunteer is, but we go beyond four. And so there's many ways that you can participate. Children receive their first Bible They receive Jesus for the first time. Some of them rededicate their lives to Jesus. And then they take the good news to their school. They are fishing for people. They invite their classmates, their schoolmates, to come to Bible Adventure. And they tell their parents about Jesus. Isn't that a great combination? So that's Thursdays between 1230 and 230. And that's two schools, Northside and Forge. So if you only have half the time, you could do one school. We are making we're making do with um, outdated <laughs> announcements. So just pause with me and smile. <laughs> that was Thursday, okay, and then Friday, Saturday, okay. That's our week for this week. Saturday's our first evangelism training. Then we have some. Oh, ladies, you want to pay attention, just like I realized. I said, oh, ladies. <laughs> oh, ladies. <laughs> Let's pause and laugh. I did not say we passed past Dr. Buhnard. Oh, ladies, early bird registration savings and the end of January. End of January is what day? Wednesday, you want to save money? Every woman loves to save money. Register for the Women's Woven Conference by Wednesday, midnight, to get the savings. And you can do that online. Go to vcfpa.org. And this year, it's called Building Your House with Purpose. You want to be here, Dr. Fiona is exclusively our... Speaker, investing into our lives and into our homes, our houses, our community. So you want to do that? Invite a friend, buy a ticket for them. That's what I love to do. I buy a couple extra, and, and I just keep inviting. And, of course, I purchase them before their price goes up. <laughs> okay, then we have missions and the commission club. Just remember, you want to invest in that. On a regular basis, as we prepare all the time to take the Word of God to other countries. Okay, one more time. You've got to smile at me. I lose your smile the longer I talk. It's like when I, I like to talk when I go to sleep, before I fall asleep. But I know when I've talked long enough because the breathing gets very deep. <laughs> and I say, Nelson. Are you, are you falling asleep? No, I'm listening. <laughs> I said, no, I know that deep breathing. You just popped into sleep, and I know it's okay. I can continue talking tomorrow morning. <laughs> so when your smiles all fade, that's enough announcements for today. You can find these on the website. God bless you. Jesus loves you.
1: You know the gospel has uh, tremendous power because Paul went to places where the gospel was never preached and he broke ground and out of those places he built churches and uh the gospel has power so are we We're going to listen to Yeah
4: Welcome to Bible Adventure! Welcome to, welcome. Bible
2: welcome to Bible Adventure!
4: Good to see you! To see you. Welcome, welcome. welcome,
2: welcome! Bible Adventure! Welcome! Uh-huh. Welcome,
4: welcome! <laughs> Bible uh-huh. Welcome to Bible Adventure! <laughs> Welcome, welcome,
1: welcome, welcome! Bible adventure. Bye, Amen. Well, that was the kids being greeted as they come off the bus. Yes, hallelujah. Well, this is uh, when your pastor stops by for a visit. A new pastor was uh, visiting homes of his parishioners. At one house, it seemed obvious that someone was home, but no answer uh, came to his repeated knocks on the door. Therefore, he took a business card and printed Revelation 320 on the back of, the, uh, back of it just for an occasion and stuck it in the door. When the offering uh, was processed the following Sunday, he found that his card had been returned Added to it was the cryptic message, Genesis three ten. Reaching for his Bible to check out the citation, he broke up in gales of laughter. Revelation three twenty says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Genesis three ten reads, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid, for I was naked. <laughs> Glad they didn't make that connection. <laughs> A baker was uh, asked to print 1 John 4.18 on a wedding cake. He forgot and instead printed John 4.18. 1 John 4.18, the English Standard Version reads, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. John 4.18 reads, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. <laughs> That's the wrong message on a wedding cake. <clears throat> a Sunday school teacher began her lesson with a question. Boys and girls, uh, what do we know about God? A-, a hand shot up in the air. He's an artist, said the kindergarten boy. Really? Really? How do you know, the teacher asked, you know, our father who does art in heaven. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, it's a great day in the house of uh, God, amen, in God's house, and uh, you're here, and as you know, you guys can give anytime during the service. If you're watching online, thanks for tuning in, and you can give through our website, and Lord, we just bless each and every giver and their gifts, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you receive them in heaven, and we give you thanks and praise that you are honored and glorified, and we uh, thank you, Lord, for your wonderful provision to each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we got some awesome kids in this place and some excellent, wonderful teachers in this place. So kids, have a good class. Hallelujah. And if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And uh, I'm going to talk to you today about the power of love. How many know that love has some power? It has the power to save you. It has the power to preserve you. And, and love has the power to transform you. You know, God loves you, and he'll accept you as you are, but he doesn't leave you the way you are. He transforms, he changes, and uh, just like a baby, when a baby is born, right, Uh, they need extra care and nurture, but as they grow and develop, uh, they can take on more responsibility. And just like a Christian, when a, uh, a person who believes in Jesus, they're like a baby being born. And they need care and nurture, but God expects them to grow and to develop. And uh, we're going to look at the power of love today. It's a very powerful thing in the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Do you appreciate the noise of a clanging cymbal? Sometimes it can be annoying, right? If an orchestra is playing and they crescendo at the right time, it's beautiful and wonderful. But if if it's clanging all the time, right? See, if we don't have love, it doesn't matter what kind of spiritual uh, gift you're operating in. Without love, you're just making a lot of noise. He goes on to say, And though I have the gift of prophecy... And understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could move mount, remove mountains, but have not love, what are we without love? We are nothing. That's what the Bible says. This is how important love is. All right? He says, and though I bestow all my... Uh, Bestow all my goods t- to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Then he tells us what love is and what love isn't. Love suffers long, that means it has great patience. You know, love can put up with a lot. Amen? And uh, love is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, it is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely, it does not seek its own, it is not provoked, and it thinks no evil. It does not rejoice at iniquity, but it rejoices at the truth. It bears all things, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. Love never fails. say, love never fails. Love never fails. Now he's not talking about human love; he's talking about the uh, the God kind of love, the agape love, the love that comes from God, all right? So love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will fail, whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there uh, is knowledge, it will vanish away. When we go to heaven, we're not going to need to speak in tongues. Amen? Amen. And when we get to heaven, uh, our our knowledge is going to be increased because we're going to have glorified bodies. Amen? Amen. Um, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, talking about Jesus' return... Because if it's talking about his first coming, tongues came after he left, right? So tongues aren't going to cease. It's when he comes back again, amen? So when that which is perfect is come, uh, then uh, that which is part, that's, that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Sometimes we get to the point where we have to put away childish things. We can remain childlike, but not childish, okay? We don't whine and throw tantrums. That's childish, right? But childlike means, oh, Father, I believe whatever you say. Hallelujah. There's a difference, okay? For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall uh, know just as I also am known. Now here's what I want to focus on today, verse 13. And now abides faith, hope, and love. But these three, but the greatest is love. Everybody say the the greatest is love. We're going to talk about the greatness of love and what makes love great today. Jesus made love great. Amen. And uh, so the Bible says that these things are going to abide. Three things, faith, hope, and love. They're going to be around. All right. They're not going anywhere. But out of these three, the greatest is love. Why is love the greatest? I'll tell you why. Love is God. God's nature is love. God is not faith. Faith comes from God, but he's not faith, but he is love. God is not hope, but hope comes from God. Amen? So God is love. The reason that love is the greatest is because love is God. God is love. Say God is love. God is love. What, what better Person to define love than the essence of love. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So go with me. Um, so we receive faith from God. Faith comes from God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? They are connected and we can put hope in God. Uh, faith is confidence in God and hope is steadfast uh, endurance in God. All right? Go with me to 1 John chapter 4. Back close to the book of Revelation, you have 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. We do a song in Bible Adventure sometimes called the books of the Bible. They go, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And uh, they can um, memorize the books of the Bible. So 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, I'm going to show you what the Bible says that God is love. All right, 1 John 4, 8. Uh, Well, let's start with uh, verse uh, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Say, "Love love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. All right? He that loves... Not, knows not God, for God is love. When you get born again, whose nature do you get? You get God's nature. You're created in Christ Jesus. You're formed and fashioned how you were originally made. Right? You get back to the true image of God. Because sin tarnishes that image. Sin blurs the original image. It mars it. But when sin is taken away, the picture is made new and you're a new creature because you have a new nature. You have God's nature. So when you get born again, love comes into your heart. True love. God's love. Agape love. Right? So you can't love without God because God is love. All right. I'm going to read this again. Beloved, let us love one another. Say, I need to love one another. Okay. And uh, he that loves is born of God. So you, you, get, you get the ability to love when you get born of God. To be born of God is to be born again or to be born from above. Right. Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you're not going to see the kingdom of God on, on what? Unless you're born again. Right? But when you're born again, your vision is enhanced. And you can see the kingdom of God. And, okay, everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. You have a relationship with God. Right? You have knowledge of God. It's not just having a head knowledge, okay, God exists. No, it's actually knowing him similar to like a husband knowing the wife. Right? It's that kind of close relationship. Okay? Okay? he that loves not knows not god if you're not acting in love if you're not behaving in love you don't know god okay because love god is love all right and he that loves not knows not for god is love say god is love. god is love all right let's go down to verse 16 It says this, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. How many have known the love that God has for you? We shank it to, oh, how he loves me. He loves the little children, right? God, when you get a hold of the fact that God loves you, it will transform your life. You mean God loves me? Yes. Say, God loves me. Say it. Say it again. Say, God loves me. me. People need to know that. Tina Turner didn't know that. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. All right. We have known. See, not only do you have to know it, but you have to believe it. You have to believe that God loves you. We have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love. Say, God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. God and love are synonymous. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and, and verse 11. Hallelujah. God's stirring up the love pot today. 2 Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Hallelujah. You want a piece of love? Get a piece of God. But you don't just get a piece. You get the whole thing. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. God doesn't dish out pieces. It's all or nothing. Yeah. Right? That's right? You get all of God. Okay? So God is love. It's his very nature. All right? Uh, go to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Hallelujah. It's okay if we look at some scriptures. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Why do you give so many scriptures, Pastor Because I love the Word. Because the Word is the way to victory. The Word is the revelation of God. The Word is the power of God. Amen. I you got to love the Word. you got to get into the Word so the Word can get in you. Amen. You know, I, I like to work out. And after working out, I go to the sauna. Because if I didn't work out hard, then after being in the sauna, I just I sweat a lot. <laughs> but, you know, if I want to feel the heat, I got to get into the heat. Yeah. And once the heat gets in me, water starts coming out. Yeah. Right? That's how we need to be with God. We need to get in God's presence. Right? We, you know, when you're reading the Word, you're fellowshipping with God. Yeah. That's how I look at it. When I'm reading the Bible, I'm having a conversation with God, and He's having a conversation with me. Yeah. Okay? John 17, verse 26. And it says this. Jesus is talking. And I have declared unto them your name. And will declare it that the love wherewith you have loved me may be in them. The very same love that the Father loved Jesus with is the same love that comes into us. That's powerful. The same love that the Father loved Jesus with is the same love that you get when you get Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? So faith, hope, and love, right? These are imperishable and they're immortal. But the greatest of these is love. Okay? Now, let's talk a little bit about hope. All right? Go to Colossians chapter 1 for a minute. And uh, then I'm going to talk about the greatness of love in just a moment. Getting there. Hallelujah. We're on a journey this morning. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. Notice what the Bible says. Colossians 1, 23. If you continue. Everybody say if. Yes. That's not going to be automatic. That's going to be by decision. Hallelujah. You've got to decide to continue with God. Walking with God is a journey. It's not an event. It's not a flash in the pan. It's a lifelong marathon. Okay? How many know you run a marathon different than you do a 400-yard dash? Yes. Right? In a marathon, you've got to pace yourself. Why? Because it's long. It's, it's a great distance, 26 miles. I've never run a marathon and don't want to. <laughs> Although I did, I did run a four-mile race. And my friends and I, when I was younger, we trained for it, and I did finish. took me 40 minutes, but I finished, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Some people are equipped to run, and others are not, and that's okay. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, Colossians, if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled and not be moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard which was preached to every creature which is under heaven where I uh, Paul am made a minister you know you got to decide to be rooted and grounded and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that means that means there are things that can move you out of hope it can cause you to lose expectation so but you but you got to decide to be rooted and grounded amen and part of that, God established the church for Christians to be rooted and grounded. Where they, The church is the institution where you can learn about God. Yes. Amen? Hallelujah. And uh, Galatians 5, 6 tells us that uh, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails them, but faith works through love. Say faith works through love. Faith works through love. All right? So these are intertwined, interconnected, but the greatest of these is love. Um, go, to, go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. And uh, it's important to know where these scriptures are. It's important for you to see them. Hallelujah. Romans fifteen thirteen. Now, you know, that's God's favorite timing is now. God is, even though he's the God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's always now. Right? Right. When should you be healed? Now. When should you be saved? Now. When should you have peace? Now. When should you get the victory? Now. Hallelujah. Now. Now. The God of hope, Woo! fill you with all joy. You know, hope produces joy. Yeah, yeah. And peace in believing. Everybody say, in believing. Yeah. So, the God of all hope will give you joy and peace as you're believing, as you're in faith. Amen? Yeah. All of you today, right now, you came in this building. You are in this building at 695 East Ridge Road, Palmyra, Pennsylvania. You walked into this building, right? If someone were to say to you, you're not in the building, would that be a true statement? Yeah. No, because you're here, right? Just like you're in this building, you can get into faith. Yeah. Faith is like walking into the giant center. You're in the arena, right? Right? Your, pre- your physical presence is in the arena. People have to get in faith. How do you get in faith? You come into agreement and harmony with what God said. When you agree and you harmonize with what God said, you are in faith. Right? Yes. And that's when God will give you, the God of all hope will give you joy yes. in believing and peace that you may abound in hope. That's an increase of hope. Right? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Did you know the Holy Ghost? He he's comes alongside of you to strengthen your hope. Yeah. Okay? All right? Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And uh, we're just talking a little bit about hope because faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love, right? But they're all going to be abiding. Okay? Romans 8 and verse 24, Romans 8 verse 24, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Say hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why do you yet hope for it? If you see it, you don't have to hope for it anymore because it's there. It's within reach. Amen. Amen. But we, verse 25, but if we hope for what we see not, then do we with patience wait for it, okay? If you're working a job, and you know that you're a good worker, you show up on time, you do your work, and you're hoping for a raise, right? How many have ever hoped for a raise? It's okay, all right? But you get called into the office, and your boss says, I'm going to give you a raise. Do you have to hope for it anymore? No, because you got the raise. You got what you hoped for. Right? So once you get it, you don't have to hope for it anymore. Hope is, you only hope for it when you don't have it yet. Okay? Because hope is expectation. Right? If you're single and you're hoping to get married and you meet the right one. Right? And God approves. And you guys get engaged. And you're married. Do you have to hope to be married anymore? No, why? Because you're married. It's what you hope for has become a reality, so you don't have to hope for it anymore. So hope does have an end to it. God doesn't have an end. That's why love is greater than hope, because hope has an end, but God doesn't end. Okay? So when we hope for things, right, if you're a senior in high school and you're hoping to graduate and you complete all your courses, you do all your requirements and they say you can graduate and you walk the aisle and you get your diploma. Do you have to hope to graduate anymore? No, because it happened. So you don't have to hope for it anymore. Right. Right. We hope for what we don't see, but we don't have to hope for what we see because it's here okay so hallelujah all right many of the objects of hope will be realized and will be succeeded by possession once you possess what you hope for your hope has been accomplished it is finished okay Jesus was hoping to die on the cross when he was on the cross did he say oh I got a whole lot more to do No, what did he say? It is finished. He doesn't have to hope for it anymore. Because why? It's happened. Amen? So we have to get that understanding. Okay? If there's anything uh, future that's an object of desire, there'll, there'll be hope. Okay? Hope is a combination of desire or want and an expectation of obtaining it. Okay? Now go to 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to see the correlation of faith, hope, and love. right, these are triplets. And they work together. But which one is the greatest? You guys just aced a pop quiz. You are amazing. You weren't expecting it, but you aced it. That's awesome. All right, 1 Peter, chapter 1, and let's look at verse 3. And we're going to read to verse 5. Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a lively hope. Everybody say, I have a lively hope. Other translations call that a living hope. Hope isn't dead. Hope is alive. Hope is energized, right? When you have hope, you can go on. When you have hope, you can progress, amen? It, it's when you lose hope that you get in trouble. But aren't you glad that God gave us a lively hope? Amen? I, I, I've watched some w- westerns where they say, I got this lively horse, right? And and he hasn't been broken in yet, so Who's gonna be brave enough to ride the lively horse, right? Cause you know, in order to break a horse to ride, you gotta, you gotta get bucked a little bit, right? You, you, you know, it's not easy to break a horse. You gotta get on there and hold on for the ride. Why? Cause he's lively. And we have a lively hope. We have a living hope. Alright? God gave us this living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. To an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fades away, reserved for us in heaven. You know, our inheritance is two parts. Our inheritance we can access now. But the second part of our inheritance is we're going to get a glorified body. We're going to look just like Jesus, and we're going to go to heaven. That's part two of our inheritance. So that's the part that's reserved in heaven, because we're not in heaven yet. How many are hoping to go to heaven? Right? I'm hoping to go to heaven, but I'm not there yet. But if I, if I die, I'm going to heaven so I don't have to hope anymore. It's been done. Amen? And I'm not speaking death, so don't worry. Okay? So, a living hope means you anticipate, you welcome, there's an expectation of what is sure and what is certain. How do you know what's sure and certain? How can you be convinced what is sure and certain? The Bible. When you believe what God said, you're believing something that's sure and certain. Amen? When you get a hold of God's word, it can't go any other way in your life other than the way God said it. That's what happened to Abraham, right? Beyond hope, he believed in hope because he knew that God had the power to bring about what he promised. There was no natural hope, there was no physical hope, but his hope went beyond the physical, it went to God. And how many know, when Isaac was born, Abraham and Sarah didn't have to hope anymore to be parents. They were parents, right? Their hope was completed. What completed their hope? Faith. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith brings what you're hoping for to you. Okay? All right. So a living hope... Uh, it's an expectation of good. Amen? Now, uh, go to Romans 5. Romans 5 for a minute. Hallelujah. I am having a good time today. Are you? Yes. Glory to God. Romans 5 5. Okay? And uh, hope makes not ashamed. When you're in hope, you won't be shamed. You won't be condemned. Amen? Amen. Hold on to your hope. Look at your neighbor and say, hold on to hope. Okay? Because of the love of God. See, we can hold on to hope because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Hope and love. Right? Right. By the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Now go back up to verse 1. You thought I forgot about faith. No. Nope. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, whom we also have access by faith into this grace. Faith, hope, and love are working together. We're ju- we, we come into uh, God by faith. Amen? Amen. And because we've come into God, there's things that we can hope for because there's things that God has promised us. There's things that God has given us that maybe we don't possess yet. Yeah. Hallelujah. But we can hope for it. And our faith can bring our hope, make our hope a reality. All right? So we have faith, hope, and love all together in these five verses. All right? Let me show you one more. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And verse uh, 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. We give thanks to God always for you. Isn't that something that we should do? We ought to give thanks to God always for Jesus. Right? We give thanks. Now, Paul is writing to this church. He's thanking the church, okay? Making mention of you in our prayers. Paul was always praying for the church. Remembering without ceasing, number one, your work of what? Faith. And your labor of? Love. And patience of? There you go. Faith, hope, and love. They're working together. Which one is the greatest? Oh my goodness, you passed the test again. You all are amazing. Okay? Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope. In our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Did you know that God voted for you? You got God's vote. You've been elected. What have you been elected to? Sonship. You've been elected to be in his family. You've been elected to be in his kingdom. You've been elected to carry out his business. See, I've been elected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So can you see the correlation of faith, hope, and love? All right, I could give you other scriptures, but I don't have time. <laughs> I'm loaded. <laughs> when am I not loaded? Okay, now let's get into the fact of why love is the greatest of these three. Okay, number one, we, 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 we said that God is love. Say, God is love. Okay, you can't get any higher than God, God is the highest. He is the supreme position. He holds, he is the head of everything, right? Everything exists in God. That's pretty powerful. So if God is love, you can't get any higher than love. Okay. So number one, love is the greatest because it's the law of the kingdom. I thought we were delivered from laws. No, there's still laws in the New Testament. There's actually four laws. You want to hear what they are? Okay. Number one, it's the law of love. Number two, it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Number three, it's the law of faith. There is a law of faith. And number four, there's a law of liberty. All right? Law of liberty, God's, God's word is the perfect law of liberty. That's what James tells us. Yeah. Romans 3.27 says it's not by works, but by the law of faith. And Romans 8.2, it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Okay? Now go with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Mark was written to the Romans, and he was into action and power. That's why in Mark you see words like straightforward, immediately, power words. (laughs) Matthew was written to the Jews. That's why you see genealogy after genealogy. Luke was written to the Greeks because Luke was precise about his knowledge. And John was written to the church because he talks about the divinity of Jesus. Amen? So, Mark chapter 12, and I want you to look at verse 28. Mark 12, verse 28. And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Now, we get this answer from the master himself, okay? Jesus knows what he's talking about, all right? Jesus answered him and said, The first of all the commandments... Everybody say the first. Is there any better position than the first? Nope. there's nothing beyond the first, is there? The first is the first. The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one... And you shall love the Lord uh, your God. Is he your God? Do you take personal possession of God? Or is he just someone else's God? You know, the sons of Sceva, they didn't know God. And they encountered a person that had some demonic possession. He was possessed with devils. And the sons of Sceva, they came to him they said, In the name of Jesus whom Paul knows... Listen, if, if if you only know the Jesus that Paul knows, you're in bad shape, right? And uh, the demon responded, and he said to them, "Paul, I know, and Jesus, I know, but who are you?" Okay. Not only did they not know God, the demons didn't even know him, right? And that demon possessed man whipped seven brothers, stripped them, and sent them away naked. See, when you don't know God, it'll put you in trouble. But you've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. The number one commandment, right? Love is the top of his game. If love were a person, and it is, love is at the top of his game. You know, love is a person. Love is God, right? Love is Jesus. Love is the Holy Spirit. Okay? Okay. Love is supreme. Love is the highest. Love is at the top level. Love is the goat of God. What do you mean goat? Greatest of all time. I'm not talking about an actual goat. I'm talking about uh, G-O-A-T, G period, O period, A period, T period. The greatest of all time. Love is the greatest of all time. Love is the goat of God. You know, we call athletes goats, right? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Okay. So, number one, you got to love God. How are you going to love God without God? In order to love God, you got to have God. Because God is love. If you don't know God, if you're not loving, it's because you don't know God. But guess what? You can meet Him today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah. With all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind, this is the first commandment. Let say the first. But there, this it's a two parter. Okay. What's the second part? And the second is like it, namely this: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Well, if you don't love yourself, how are you going to love your neighbor? Hmm, that's going to be a problem. Well, h- how am I going to love myself? Get connected with God. When you're connected with God, you're going to love yourself. And when you're connected with God when you're connected with God and you love yourself, you're going to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? There is none other commandment greater than these. These sit at the top, at at the number one position, right? Love is great because it's the greatest commandment, all right? Go to Matthew 22. Go to Matthew 22. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say, there's some power in love. At Matthew 22 and verse 40. Matthew 22 and verse 40. Matthew and Mark are saying the same thing, but Matthew added something in addition to. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. That's pretty powerful. If you, if you look at all the law in the Old Testament, it hangs on, aren't you glad? I love Jesus. He makes things simple. He makes things simple. God gave Moses ten commandments. Jesus said, I'll do better than that. I'll bring them into two. Right? If you love God, are you going to use his name in vain? If you love people, are you going to steal from them? Are you going to lie about them? Are you going to commit adultery if you love no. If you love, you're not going to uh, do it. Why? Because love is the fulfillment of the law. Every law summed up in God's kingdom hangs on these two. Loving God and loving people. Because the greatest of these is love. That's why love is the greatest. Right? I'm giving you reasons why. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13 we got to get love in us. Too many people in the world are looking for love and they're looking in the wrong places. Just look over here. Come over here. we got the love, right? That fishing company, they're going to they're share the love of God. Why? People, people don't know the love of God. They've got to be shown and told. Did you know God did not commission angels to preach the gospel? He commissioned you and I. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Did he say preachers? Did he say pastors? Did he say apostles or prophets or evangelists? He just said, go. He's talking to you and I. Say, I need to go into all the world and preach the gospel. What's the gospel? It's good news about Jesus, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And why he did it, because he loves you. Yes. Amen? Amen? And we, they've simplified the gospel. Right? Say the gospel is simple. Gospel is simple. And, and you, you need to join the fishing company. Yes. I don't care. It doesn't matter. There's no age limit. If you're young or if you're not young, you can join the fishing company. That's right. Amen? Amen? There's fish for you to catch. Yes. Hallelujah. We're not going to fry them up. We're going to clean them up. Yes. Amen. Yes. Listen, you catch them, God will clean them. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. You don't have to clean them, then catch them. Can you imagine going fishing and trying to clean a fish before you catch it? Yes. You get all wet. Yes. You ever try to catch a fish in water? Those, they're slippery. How are you going to clean the fish before you can? You got to catch them first and then let God clean them. Amen? Get ready for some people coming in this place that don't have everything together. Right? Right. Where else are they going to go? This is the healing station. This is a life giving station. This is a saving station. We're not just first aid, we're whole aid. You can come in here and get whole. You don't You don't just need a band-aid. You can get whole yeah. here. Not because of me, not because of any person, but because of the Lord, because of the presence of God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Romans 13.10. Romans 13.10. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Say love fulfills the law. He's not talking about the neighbor as the person living next door to you. Your neighbor is anyone you encounter. We're all neighbors. We don't have to live in the same zip code. We can live in different zip codes, but we're all neighbors. Right? Love works no ill to his neighbor because love fulfills the law. That's why love is the greatest. Love is the greatest because love is God. It's the greatest commandment. All other commandments hang on this one. And love fulfills the law. Amen? What's the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. If you want to take revenge, then people are going to be revenging you. Oh. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That that doesn't mean that the someone who hurt you is going to do what... You're doing to others, but let me tell you something. When you do what you want others to do to you, it's going to come around to you. Amen? Amen. That's the golden rule, right? Matthew chapter 7, okay? You know what Jesus came to do? He came to fulfill the law. He was the only one qualified that could fulfill the law of God, and he did. And guess what? He came and fulfilled the law, and you know what he did? He gave us the victory. I fulfilled it, here have the victory have some victory, have some victory have some victory, victory. there's plenty of victory to go around I did what needed to be done and I'm giving it to you as a gift hallelujah (laughs) glory to God Amen. amen so love is the greatest commandment, all other laws hang on this one, love fulfills the law And love is the commandment of Jesus. Go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And look at verse 34. John 13, verse 34. Jesus is talking here, so he's an expert. Right? He is the master. Say, Jesus is the master. Say, he knows what he's talking about. Why did he die on the cross? Because he loved you. Why did he sacrifice his life? Because he loves you. It doesn't matter what you do. Jesus always loves you, always will love you, always have loved you. He will always love you. His love for you is not going to change, but how you reap from his love is going to change with you, how you respond to it. Right? So John 13, 34, a new commandment. Everybody say a new commandment. commandment. Why a new commandment? Because God's a creator. He likes new things. A new commandment Notice it wasn't a suggestion. He didn't say a new feeling. He didn't say a new fad. Right? What did he say? A new what? Everybody say commandments. Where do commandments come? From someone in authority. Someone in the highest authority. Jesus said, I have all authority in heaven and earth. And he's the one giving us a commandment. I command, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. How? As I have loved you that you also love one another. Guess what? He gives us the love in order to do that. Everybody say commandment. Commandment. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Look around. And just, just say to yourself, I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We have to love one another. You know, when we, when we're loving one another like the Bible says so, the world will look at us and they'll say, those are true disciples. Because discipleship is proof of love. Okay. So Jesus commanded us. All right. Verse 35, by this all men shall know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Why would you have to tell a believer to have love for one another? Because it's possible you could be a believer and not love one another. Okay? Go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Hallelujah. This is the power of love. We're talking about love, and your heart's being transformed right now. Do you know that your body gets healed because God loves you? God hates sickness, but he loves you. So how much does he love you? He took 39 stripes on his back, 39 cat of nine tails, with bone and glass in the end of leather strips. And as that Roman soldier cracked that whip on his back, and he he would not only just crack it, he would pull it, and flesh from his back would be ripped. But out of each ripping flesh flowed pure blood that overcame the, the curse of every sickness, every disease, every infirmity known to mankind. Because why? He wrote about it in Isaiah 53. He says, by his stripes you are healed. So those stripes brought healing to us. Amen? Say, I'm healed by his stripes. That's some love. That's some love. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. He's talking about love as a commandment. Now, the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart. Everybody say a pure heart. Pure Make sure you got a pure heart. Don't let, don't let your heart be cluttered with impurity. You know why? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. If you've got impure things in your heart, you're going to have impure words in your mouth. If you've got impure things in your heart, you're going to have impure behavior coming out your life. Because the heart is the issue of life. Out of it flow the issues of life. You get your heart right and everything else will get right. Okay? So the end of the commandment is love or charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience. And of faith unfeigned. Faith that's real, genuine, authentic. Bible faith. Amen? Say, my faith in God purifies my heart. Yeah, he shed his blood to be purified. He can wash you with the water of the word. Amen. But the end of the commandment, go to John chapter 14. Go to John, the gospel of John chapter 14, verse 21. Now, this is really powerful right here. It may even cause shouting. John 14, 21. He that has my commandments, have them is to keep them. And keeps them. He it is that loves me. How, do, how does God know that you love him? That you have his commandments and you keep them. Amen? Doing what he said proves to God that you love him. Okay? And he that loves me shall be loved of my father. Glory to God. And I will love him and will manifest myself with him. How many want Jesus to show up? To manifest means to make known, to be put on display. Amen? When when you're loving God and God's loving you, you create an atmosphere where Jesus can manifest himself. His his presence can show up on scene to do whatever needs to be done. Amen? But it's about you loving him and him loving you. He already loves you. He doesn't got to, he's not the one that's got to change his love. Amen? But we got to love him. When you love God, you love his people. When you love God, you love his things. When you love God, you love his places. Hence church. Oh my. Now you're stepping on some toes, pastor. That's all right. We got some steel toed boots. That's all part of loving God. You can't love God and never show up for dinner. I'm part of the family, but I never show up for dinner. Where's so-and-so? I don't know. They don't show up because they don't love us. Right? This is dinner. We're having dinner today. What's on the menu? Fresh bread, new wine. My meat is to do the will of him who sent me. Amen. Amen. Milk that makes the body grow. I see, I see believers with milk mustaches. Desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. What's that on your mouth? It's a milk mustache. Right? And, and, and if you want, shake the Bible and you get a milkshake. If you prefer a milkshake, you just shake it up a little bit. Amen? Okay? Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, O Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself unto us and not unto the world? Good question. Jesus said, I'm going to manifest. How are you going to do this? Verse 23, Jesus answered and said, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our abode with him. In other words, when you love God, God thinks you're cool. He says, I'm going to I hang out with cool people. He said... You know, you're sitting at the dinner table, right? And you're just loving God. You're just having a good time. And God just comes to the dinner table and he sits down. Yeah. You're, you're driving in the car and you're just talking about God and uh, you're just focusing on God and the world. <laughs> and God comes in the car. Amen? Yeah. Yesterday at our men's meeting, I did something that I haven't done. And I pro- there was a spirit of prophecy there. Some people got some personal prophecy. I mean, there was a flow there yesterday. We have a men's meeting every last Saturday of every month at 8.30 a.m. And I encourage all you men to come. But notice, the manifestation of God is all about love. Love activates the presence of God. You, I, I don't know where God is. Start loving him more. Quit complaining about his absence and start thanking his, for his presence. Turn your complaints into praise. Stop being a little whiny baby and start praising God like a champion. Amen? When, When Israel complained about the wilderness, God told Moses, why are they complaining about me? They were complaining about Moses. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Why would you want to go back to slavery? Why would you want to go back to harsh taskmasters? Why would you want to go back to forced labor? But see, that's what the devil will do. The devil will try to convince you that leeks and honey are better than milk I mean leeks and onions are better than milk and honey. And you'd be like, man, those leeks and honey were those leeks and um, leeks and onions were good. No, milk and honey is better. Say milk and honey is better. God was taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey. He didn't bring them out of Egypt to kill them. He brought them out to give them abundant life. He brought them out to give them provision and direction and land and houses and kingdoms so that they could have an inheritance. Israel should be owning all of the Middle East. Instead, they got a little, they got a little portion. And even that's too much for people to handle. Now, people are saying Israel shouldn't own any Really? I mean, you look at Israel, you look at all the Arab nations. Israel, Arab nations. Israel, Arab nations. All the Arab nations should belong to Israel. And by the way, you can read in the Bible where David bought the land where the Temple Mount is. It was the threshing floor of Onan, Ornan, which was on Mount Moriah, which is where Abraham sacrificed Isaac. And, there, and, you know, the Muslims think it's theirs, but it's not. David paid for that land to uh, offer a sacrifice to God and get rid of the angel that was causing death because of his sin. He bought that land. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? God is love. You know, God loves you. All right, let, let's look at our final scripture today. Uh, well, two <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. We're going to go to Ephesians 3 and 1 John 3, and then we're done. Ephesians 3 17. The power of love. Love is the greatest. Say, love is the greatest. <laughs> and that great love's been given to you. Ephesians 3:17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded where? In love. You need to be rooted and grounded in love. That means you need to be rooted and grounded in God. You get you get with God and he'll tighten all the screws that are loose. Amen. He'll batten down the hatches. You know, Hope is an anchor to the soul, all right? That Jesus may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, understand with all the saints what is the breadth, the depth, and the length, and the the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. You can know something that's beyond knowing. You can know the love of God. That passes knowledge. Why? Because it's by revelation. It's by experience. It's by manifestation. It's by faith. Amen? You can know. So I can know. I can know. The, love God, the love of God. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. You want to be filled with God? Get filled with love. The, having the fullness of God is about you being rooted and grounded in love. All right. First John 3 and then we're done. Hallelujah. First John 3, then we're done. Hmm. The power of love. First John 3:16. First John 3:16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Jesus said the greatest love that you could ever show is to sacrifice your life, to lay down your life for a friend. But Jesus came and he laid down his life for us. He showed us how much he loves you. He demonstrated to the world the extent of God's love. Of his love for every person, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, would you be a whosoever today? That whosoever believes in him. See, you got to believe in him. See, if, if it's no good just to hear him. you got to believe it. To believe it means to act on it. To believe it means to live like it. To believe it means to accept it as the only way. When you believe God, you're accepting God as the only way. There's not another way. There's not another way of living. There's not a better quality of life. It's the way of God. Amen? And believing is to accept that. Just take him at his word. He laid down his life. He took your pain. He took your punishment. For our sin. He took our sin on himself. Can you imagine taking the sin of the world on you? You think you got a heavy burden? You, you think your temporary little thing can compare to the burden of taking the sin of the entire world on yourself? But thank God he nailed it to the cross. But he freely, he wasn't forced to lay down his life. He gave his life. Jesus said, you don't take my life. I lay it down. Why? Because he loves you. That's how much he loves you. He sacrificed himself so that you could be a recipient and a beneficiary and a possessor of his love. And with his love comes good things. Amen. That's the power of love. Now, these three abide faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. That's why love is the greatest. (laughs) Love is the greatest of all time. You know what that means. (laughs) Love has a zillion, go billion wins. And zero losses. Anything that comes against love, love will triumph over it. There's no enemy that can topple love. There's nothing that can bring love down. It will always and forever remain at the top. It will go down in the history books as the greatest thing that God has given to this world. He gave us his love. And all he wants in return is for you to love him like he loves you. And he'll give you his love to do that. Because we can't do it in our own. God will give you his love. Amen. Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. God is good. Amen. His love is great. Amen. His love is worthy of praise. Amen. Amen. You need to get excited about God's love. And you need to give God some radical, free praise about His love and the love that He gave to us and the love that we can abide in and the love that we can participate in and the love that we can partake in. Hallelujah. You get a hold of God's love, it'll transform your life. It'll transform your body. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the more you love, the more you're forgiven. When you, when you realize what you've been forgiven of, it'll increase your love. Amen? Hallelujah. Just begin to declare how much you love God. We know that He loves us, but He wants to know how much you love Him. What are you willing to do for Him? How closely are you willing to follow Him? Hallelujah. What are you willing to sacrifice for Him? What are you willing to give up for Him? Hallelujah. I want God's way. I don't want my way. Hallelujah. I want what God wants. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need healing in your body today, love is here to heal.